0: Welcome to today's podcast edition of Wisdom Smack with me, your host, Michelle Spiva and Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And today I am wanting to share with you a little bit of the insights and hopefully give you some food for thought and inspiration as we get to talking about what happens when you're just tired, you're over it, and there is fatigue. You can't explain it, but it's down in your bones and it hurts even to continue going on. So join me as we get to talking about the fatigue factor. I'll see you on the flip. First of all, thank you for joining me. And I want to give a shout out to everyone holding it down, dealing with your new normal, uh, sticking to a protocol that is healthful for both you, your family, and your neighbors and society. And I also want to say, I see you. I was uh, looking at uh, some information today. I've actually was... um, getting ready for a training that I was going to be doing. And I got sidelined and started uh, going down a path where my heart just started to hurt. And uh, I, had, I was looking at studies that showed how the pandemic is affecting those who have uh, existing conditions when it is mental. And those that are being affected by it in uh, large droves who are at uh, sheltering in place by themselves, Um, there are uh, rates of suicide going up, those who are at home who are sheltering in place who uh, may have addictions and they can't get the help they need, or even trying to go through withdrawals on their own that can be very dangerous, and then those who are mentally challenged who may not have even known it and that the the epidemic is starting to trigger that, and my heart just ached uh, having been, you know, adjacent in, in some of my previous work in therapy and, and the like of, of dealing with that um, not- <coughs> deep down with that uh, population, but having a great respect for my colleagues who did. And my heart goes out. And if you are feeling alone, uh, if you're feeling like the walls are caving in, like you can't do this, uh, like all hope is lost, uh, hopeless, apathetic, you know, starting to question why am I here or any of those things, I want you to understand you're not alone. You're not alone. And please, 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 wherever you are, Just take a moment, pick up your phone, go into your apps and just even look for help or Google it and look for help because I I don't want to give out phone numbers here uh, and you may be somewhere else because I'm blessed that I have a global listenership and I love you and I want you to know I love you and I am sending out digital hearts and support to you right now. Okay? So with that, let me talk to those who may not be in those extremes. You are, you know, your everyday, you know, bell curve, middle of the bell curve kind of person, but you're tired. And it's taking a toll. Your kids are possibly doing what they can with the resources that they're capable capable of, but it's now falling on you. To be everyone's cheerleader, to keep everyone in good spirits. Heck, even the pets are looking at you for what are we gonna do next. Uh, you know, <laughs> or I, I don't know uh, if this is the case for everyone, but some of the people I've talked to, they have been relegated to the family entertainment. One person told me they felt like this was a freaking ship they couldn't get off, and they were the purser in charge of all entertainment on board, <laughs> and they were like, "I didn't sign up for this," and. Even though I'm laughing, uh, it my I just want you to know that this is for real, and this is not even the middle part of it. Projections are showing that, especially where I am in the United States, that we're just at the beginning of what we really need to do to get to a point where we can go out amongst each other again. And even when we do that, sometime in the summertime, uh, it's going to be different. And so, yeah, I'm like, wow, what do you do when it doesn't look like any hope is in sight? You know, Um, I have family members who have teenagers, growing teenagers who are, they're homeschooling and all of that, but they're at home and the food bill is just outrageous. Now it's not they're blessed. It's not where, you know, they're like how are we going to feed them, but it's kind of like do I take my life in my hands to keep going to the grocery store, you know, rummaging for stuff to make sure that I can keep these growing people uh satisfied because it's hard to get kids to understand the difference between hunger and boredom and anxiety. And they all seem to require the same sustenance. So there's that. But then there are, you know, are the people who are not used to, and I don't want to laugh, but there was this gentleman online the other night talking about his fatigue. And his fatigue has to do with the fact that he is having to work from home and he has said that once he is done working from home he never wants to work from home again uh because at least at work he can go hide in the bathroom he can go up to the 10th floor to visit someone you know and he can blow off some steam and get away from his desk he says but at home it's just one webinar or uh zoom call after another all day long and he was like i am working more than i ever have in my life and he even said that he had to purchase a table uh, for his apartment, just so that he wouldn't break his back trying to sit in his, you know, um, kitchen tables or in his bed to try to do his work. And I totally understand that. And I'm not trying to gloat, but I am wanting to, wanting to say, and I think I'll take a moment just to say that, that, you know what, when you guys went to work and you used to call people like me who work from home every day and just want to shoot the breeze, maybe you're, you you're, you know going for your lunch or you're going for your evening commute and you want to you want someone to keep you company and you call us and we're trying to tell you we're still working <laughs> you didn't understand but now you do and Even though I'm I'm making light of this, this is some serious stuff that a lot of people are dealing with. It's kind of like you're getting to this point where you get to see a whole new side of yourself that you never knew existed. And it is not a bad thing, but it is something that is uh, very unexpected. The other day, I tried to keep it light when I talked about unexpected side uh, effects. And this is one of them. Figuring out what is your breaking point? What is the point? you know, What is your tensile strength of what you can handle? because it's not one thing that changed. It's everything that changed. I mean, everything that changed. Stuff that used to not work on your nerves now drives you up a freaking wall. You can't even go to the bathroom to get away from people. And it's nowhere in sight, you know, where it's it's near. I um, I thought that if I You know, if I check my mail on Sunday, then everything will be fine. And I ended up waiting to, you know, check my my mail on Sunday, and I go out, and no joke, uh, my neighbors, and it was weird, weird. So I went out, and I went right back in because first of all, the neighbors across the street had a. Are y'all ready for this? There was an ice cream truck in front of their yard, and they—you were getting ice cream for two of their kids—and then the ice cream truck went slowly. Now, I've already told you guys I live in Chuck E. Cheeseville, and if you're not from the United States, that's one of those little funhouse playhouse uh, pizza places that you go and have parties for your little kids. So, I have a cul de full of kids. And so they drove slowly and hit about two more houses before they rounded and left. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll, you know, come out. Well, no, by the time I went out, uh, and yes, there there is um, enough room across the street. But, but when I did go out to check my mail, uh, <laughs> my uh, neighbor across the street, her little one, was having a tea party, not a tea party, excuse me, a swim party. They had a little blow up uh, swim swimming pool. And there were... Um, the little one and three friends. So it was not a lot, but they were out there splashing around and doing what they needed to. And I thought it was the cutest thing. And I waved and everything. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to go right back in. But when I looked down the street, you know, the in the cul-de-sac, the little kids were still out playing their basketball. And if you didn't know anything was going on, you would think, oh, this is just a regular, you know, sunny day, uh, beautiful weather. But that was not the case. Because what I forgot to tell you was uh, when the ice cream truck left, the reason why I didn't immediately go back out is because um, in our, our um, neighborhood, Right after the uh, the ice cream truck leaves, there is an ambulance and a fire truck that come whizzing down. Now they didn't stop in my cul-de-sac, but they went to the street behind us and it was very, very something because you don't know what's happening. You don't know if someone's sick. You don't you just don't know. And so I was like, well, you know what? Let me just stay inside for a little bit and 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 let everything roll. And so that was the reason why by the time I did go out, now the little kids are having their little swim party across the street. And I looked at my neighbor and she waved at me and I could see it all on her face. And the thing is, is um, you guys, thank you for letting me tell the story because this is, this is real life. This is really what goes on. Um, I could look at her and I could tell she was fatigued because she, you know, she's normally her and her husband, they're normally working every day. And the thing is, is that they have children that are teenagers, but then they have a little one. And when I say teenagers, I'm talking about one is in college and one is in high school, but then they've got a little four-year-old. And like I said, my heart goes out because (laughs) what are you going to do when you have to keep a four-year-old entertained? And so... I thought it was the cutest little thing, and I understood what was happening, um, you know, with the little swim party out there because the little girl looked like she was very, very happy. And I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to tip on back inside my home <laughs> and uh, go back in. I've had my vitamin D for the day and I'm done. Um, but when you look at it, there are so many people coping with things that are totally out of their realm that they didn't realize. And I am not trying to just paint one picture because there are people who are sheltering in place by themselves, you know, like me, who, you know, they're not used to this. They're used to being gone and having a life where they only are really home to sleep real good. And when you change that overnight and give it a few weeks, it's going to start happening. And I almost named today's um, podcast, How to Deal with Cabin Fever, but it's more than cabin fever. And the reason why it's more than cabin fever is because we have had a constant diet of a lot of inputs. And imagine if you had a bicycle that is going at top speed, you're going down a hill. And that bicycle has been going down this long hill for a long time building up even more top speed to go faster and faster and faster. And then all of a sudden, you see a sign up ahead that says you need to slow. You need to slow down. And that sign is coming really fast to the point where it's like, here, you go you slow down and you only have this amount before, you know, danger happens and you have to hard brake. And you finally get that, that, you know, bicycle. You don't lose it and you don't go over the handlebars, but you finally get it to stop just in the nick of time. And so you've gone from maybe 50 miles an hour on a bicycle to nothing and you stop and you get off and you you know you you stand by the bicycle and you can feel your muscles and your body twitching and trembling because you've gone from one extreme to another and then if you can't get a chance to work out the muscles and you you have to stay still for a minute there's pooling of the blood there's a lot of stuff that happens you know there's a reason why when you get through working out you want to cool down and shake it out and walk around for a little bit because we are not made to have these absolute starts and stops we we have we need to get a little smoothness going on and that's the same thing in a different way but similar to what's happening for a lot of people who are having to stay in and it's it's cruel but it's it's necessary. I did a podcast that talked about when the cure is punishment. And the cure is punishment for a lot of people who are going through. Or and I can't cover all of the different situations. I've just been paying attention to some. I've been able, thankfully, um, I'm still, you know, living and doing everything, and I, I have to talk to a lot of people each day. So it don't really it doesn't really feel Like, I am uh, not doing much because, oh, yes, um, just by the nature of what I had going in the classes and the things, you know, that I'm trying to finish up, I'm still quite busy. And so I get a chance to talk with people, um, talking with folks who are used to having help with their small children uh, during the day so that they can work. Well, what happens when your nanny has to go home? or nannies have to go home. And when I say nannies, I'm not talking about rich people. I'm talking about people that they really do need this because their business is from home and they need to work. And so they make enough to be able to give, you know, to employ people. But when those people have to go home and shelter in place, you're still trying to run your business and you've got toddlers and babies and they need attention. And and what do you do? And so when I... Am looking at the statistics that are starting to come out, and we're looking at uh, domestic violence rates going up, child abuse rates going up, when we're looking at uh, uh, families who are needing counseling just so that they won't, you know, do anything that they can't walk back. It is, um, It is, it's a lot to take in. And there are a lot of uh, people who are needing help. And when I say needing help, I'm not talking about giving them, you know, something and shooing them away. I'm talking about giving them a way to to interact and talk. Uh, yesterday, I talked about how people have been congregating in um, this uh, Nintendo game called uh, Animal Crossing and how they're trying to live you know socially in there so that they can keep up with their friends and parties and dance offs and dating and even mock weddings and graduations and the like. It's really becoming harsh. And what about and and this is sad, but uh, in the US, we're moving into graduation season. And I think about all of those kids who are feverishly trying to work at home when the conditions are not favorable or set up for a classroom environment so that they can get the necessary credits they need to finish their requirements to graduate. Um, I heard of somebody today whose child is kind of like, In a large, because they need to take the SAT and the way the SATs, and that's a standardized test here in the United States, the way they're set up, if you're not able to go to a center, you need to have someone come and proctor it, but they can't come and proctor in your home because you guessed it of the uh, mandatory, and especially in the state where they live, the mandatory lockdown where that can't happen. And they need this to be able to apply, uh, or not apply, but finish their applications to their colleges. So there's a lot of fallout. There's a lot going on. And I want to just pause and say, I see you. I see you. And my heart is with you because that fatigue factor is real. And it's the little things that compound. Every time I think about all of the stuff that's going on and the different things that we're we're dealing with, I I always get this vision of uh, a phyllo or phyllo dough, and this dough is made up of micro thin sheets of uh, f- a flowery sheets, so that when you put uh, something in it, it's a it's a pastry dough, and uh, you bake it, it fluffs up and it's got all these gazillion little uh, uh, layers and they're delicious and they're thin, but what they do in their thinness when they combine, they provide a very light but solid and strong container for whatever goodies you're putting inside of them. And I've always been fascinated by that. But I've also been fascinated at how when you take that first bite, how what seems to be strong starts to crumble because of all those little uh, layers of phyllo dough are separated and they are free to be blown away because of of a bite. Uh, And I've looked at this situation with a lot of people and I'm like, you are a beautiful piece of pastry phyllo dough that one more thing and you're going to crumble. And I mean, I say that to myself, but it is... uh, it's real. And there are a lot of people carrying invisible loads, invisible fatigue to the point where they are stretched to no end. And I think that as a society, we're going to look back on this and we're going to see how many people had their own personal pandemic tortures because they had to keep it together lest everything else fall apart. And I don't know if that's you. I don't know if you know someone who is like that. But what I'm going to say is this. If you are the one that I'm talking to and you're at that breaking point, I want you to know that you've got this. And what you need to do is what you need to do. If you need to go and say, this is my designated space, please give me it, it, you know, start with what you can. If you can get 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, a half day a day, get what you can from your family so that you can steal away because people don't realize that we have different needs and usually opposites attract. So because of that, I want to take the last uh, portion of our time together to talk to you about. Some social sexual personality typings. It's a way of uh, dealing with how people are socially. Bound to each other, and it's a simple little system. It was actually developed by a um, a doctor in the 1970s who uh, was uh, famed in the hypnotherapy, not hypnotist, but the hypnotherapy profession. And uh, Kappas, Dr. Kappas, Dr. George Kappas, or that might be his son. But anyway, out of California, Tarzana, California, and it was uh, groundbreaking. He didn't get the, I don't think he got the accolades that he should have uh, for coming up with this diagnostic because it's really good and it's r- really uh, helping a lot of people, at least the people I've been sharing it with. So here it is real quickly. Opposites attract. You have two different sides of of, of the the way we attract people. You have people that they would call are physical. Think of physicals as your extroverts, your people who are very uh, open and friendly and and have a really good understanding of what they feel, how they feel it, and they can articulate it. If they're upset, they know they're upset. If they're happy, they know they're happy. And they tend to like to be around people. They derive energy from around people. They love team stuff, team sports, team activities. They go for it. They are in their happy place when everyone is happy and they're having a good time. Then on the other side of that, you have what are called emotionals. And emotionals, for the most part, are going to be introverted. And I'm painting with broad strokes here because you can have extroverts who are emotional. So yeah, that can happen. Um, But for the most part, emotionals, they're going to be um, people who they feel emotions, but they feel them in their mind and it takes them a minute. If you've ever been that person, you've been in some type of emotional situation and the other person is just blah, 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 and they are just going for it and they know what they're talking about and you're feeling tongue tied and arrested and stymied and you have to get away from them and and drive or walk just to calm down and it takes you a minute to even figure out what you want it to say or what you think, that might be an indicator that you're an emotional. Emotionals tend to like to do uh, solitary uh, entertainment. Whereas people, some people like uh, game sports, tag football, emotionals are, are liking golf, you know? Uh, and and so, but the thing is, is they attract each other because when it's healthy and they come together, they pull each other to the middle where it's a happy mix. And the issue with that is when you put somebody together every day in the same household and there has been unequal growth, meaning that you live together, but your life has only been a part of it and you haven't been uh, continuing to grow at the same amount or the same rate, there are cracks that start to show. And so it creates tension and either you decide to work on it and figure out what to do to make it better, or you do what most people do and you avoid it because there's something about communicating, especially when it's hard stuff to say, and it just gets packed down and you ignore it and you let it pass until the point where one of you is going to blow up. Now, I'll be honest with you and tell you, most of the time it's going to be the physical person because the physical person knows what they're feeling and it they can seem to feel like the emotional person is fine. but remember the emotional person feels stuff in their mind and they don't necessarily uh articulate it and most people think that emotionals are very cold when they think and feel way more than the average person it just they keep it inside they keep it bottled up and you never know and so, that fatigue factor that we've been talking about, oh baby, it has been being tested day and night uh, with the different peoples, and it's not just between romantic relationships. Oh no, it's between siblings. It's between people who uh, have to interact and are sequestered together. Um, it you can, like I said, you can have these social. Relationships playing out. And there are a lot of people who are being stressed out, not because of the pandemic, but they're being stressed out because they're locked in the house with somebody that they've discovered. I don't really like them right now. And it's hard, but that's what is happening. And so I don't know if the right people are going to hear this. I hope they do. And hey, if I'm talking about something to someone who could know someone who could benefit from it, from this pass it on to them and let them know that there is hope. The thing is, is that if you are at that point, you're at that fatigue point, you gotta, number one, use your words, communicate. It doesn't matter if you are a physical or an emotional. It doesn't matter if you are the person who is feeling fatigued or you're the person who is sensing that this person is at their breaking point. Use your words. Number two. When you communicate and use your words, take ownership and don't put anything on anyone else. Don't come to someone to make them do all the work. You can use the I statements. This is one of the one times that you can use I and it'll work and it'll be good. You can do things like I might be wrong, but I think that I'm sensing that I might be, you know, able to listen to what you've got going on or whatever. Don't accuse people by saying you're doing this or you're not doing that or whatever. Take the I's and use the I statements to help you communicate. Ask them, you know, uh, say, you know, something like I'm available and I would um, think it an honor for you to be willing to share with me. I will make a safe space. I will not pass any judgment. I will listen and I will be there. I will hold a space for you and help them if if it's where you're seeing that there's someone else. Now what if it's you? Do the same thing except don't don't blow up at your family. Don't go off on your friends. Don't go off on your roommates. Just own your stuff and say, I am feeling closed in. I am under stress. I am seeing that I have met my level where I am about to break. So I am speaking up and letting it be known. And I don't want to come off as harsh. This is just my truth because it's hard for people to discount or argue with you about what you're feeling. And so in my last few minutes that we have together, this is what I want you to understand. First of all, if you are a person who is suffering from mental di- disabilities and challenges and you're at the breaking point of danger where you want to do harm to yourself or others, please get seek someone, reach out, do, do yourself and others a favor. Because even if you're only thinking that it would be better if you did something about you... You leave, you possibly would leave so much hurt and carnage here for your loved ones. You are not alone and you are loved. No matter what you think, you are loved. Now, for the rest of us, if you're going through and you're feeling fatigued, I know that it might Sound like you know? Oh, you can't understand what I'm going through, and I probably won't. But what I will say is, being able to speak up, hopefully being able to understand why is it that they're working my nerves now. I love them, but they work my nerves. Um, Being able to understand that you're going to need to communicate and use the I statements, and there is going to be some vulnerability involved. If you have to Google. Dr. Brene Brown on her vulnerability project and and get some courage to speak your truth and dare greatly. Do what you got to, but do not, do not throw the baby out with the bathwater by going scorched earth because you hit a emotional point of no return because you've got too much on you. Speak up. The next thing is, is when you use your I statements and you're vulnerable ask for help. If you need help, ask for it. You'll be amazed that you'll get it. And if you see a person at a breaking point and they're not asking for help, offer it. My grandmother said one of the most uh, most, uh, uh, travesties that she's ever seen is when somebody has the opportunity and the resources to help someone, they know the person needs help. And yet and still, they don't do anything or they force them to have to ask, that's horrible. And I agree with her. If you know someone is struggling and you can help and you have the opportunity and the resources to do so, don't make them ask you, offer, just offer and 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 help. And so there's so much more that I would like to say, but today I just really wanted to talk about the fact that yes, it's okay. You are seen. And you know what? There's no shame. In having that fatigue factor. So guess what? My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to thank you for listening. And because this is a daily podcast, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye.